All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. It's part two of the Michigan breakdown, uh, as promised last week. We got Dan here again, but we also have a special guest ready to talk some Ohio State with you. Dan is obviously back. Jared, Ohio State fan. How are you, man? Uh, I'm doing good. Been a long offseason, it feels like. It seems like forever ago where uh, the team up north finally got us, and I'm ready for a new Ohio State football season. Yeah, welcome to the pod, dude. Dan, how are you today, man? Good. It's uh, it's only Wednesday. It's not Friday or Saturday yet, and uh, Scott Frost still sucks. <laughs> we can't talk Nebraska right now. Scott Frost does suck. Um, so the one thing, we haven't had a guest on in a while, but when we do have guests on, we like to start off with just roughly 10 questions, rapid fire, give everybody an idea of what kind of sports fan we're talking to here and who is chiming in, giving... Um, giving their uh, opinion. So let's start off right here. Ten questions right from the top. Favorite sports team? Ohio State Buckeyes, baby. I figured. Your favorite athlete? Ooh, Kobe Bryant. I, okay. I had a feeling it was Kobe. Favorite Buckeye? Ooh, that's Justin Fields probably. But if we're going a little bit earlier, I'd probably say Troy Smith. Okay. Uh, Madden or 2K? Ooh, Neither. Is that an option? But we'll go Madden. <laughs> Give me your favorite sports game then. Uh, next year will be college football. So okay. I'm ready for that okay. to happen. I know you're a golf guy. Who's your favorite golfer? Tiger Woods. Absolutely. Tiger. Okay. Favorite TV show? Friends. Doesn't have to be sports. Friends. Okay. Awesome. Uh, favorite Pop-Tart? <sighs> strawberry. You can't go wrong with the original strawberry. Yikes. B-dubs or Frickers, or if there's another option you like, sports bar. Frickers. Frickers. And then uh, best sports team you've ever seen. Any sport, doesn't matter. Best sports team you've ever seen. 2019 LSU. 2019 LSU. I'm going to give you a word, first name that comes out of your mouth. You ready? Goat. Michael Jordan. Okay, awesome. All right, guys, this is Jared. Um, he wanted right. to say Tom Brady, but then it, and we're doing this in <laughs> so. uh. Yeah, you know what? That's right. That's right. He wanted to. He's like, no, I can't give these Michigan guys any more street cred here. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm a Tom Brady guy now. So yeah, at least the yeah. last couple of years, at least the last you, couple of years. Yeah. So Jared's also a Tampa Bay fan. He didn't say that in uh, in these questions here, but he is a Tampa Bay guy, and he is. I've known Jared longer than Tom Brady's been in Tampa, and he's been a Tampa guy. So he's not those fake Tampa riders. Uh, what made you a Tampa fan, actually? Uh, when I was about three or four, my parents were buying me, like, Wart Dunn and Mike Allstott jerseys for Christmas. And I'm like, okay, this is my team. Just like that. And it happened to be when they were, you know, kind of good on the defensive side and won a Super Bowl yeah. in 02. So it kind of worked out well for me. Yeah, because obviously, I just from knowing you, I know your brother's a Packers fan. But you're like a Bucks fan. The Bucks are like such a random team to like in Ohio. So that's like never understood how, but that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So let's talk. Let's talk Ohio State. That's why we're here. Michigan, Ohio State. Um, we're not going to talk really last year, but give me give me some off season news and notes. What do people need to know about Ohio State before we start predicting any sort of schedules? Um. So people don't need to know how bad they were on defense. However, they did take care of that side of the ball and hired Jim Knowles. Oklahoma State defensive coordinator from last year. Yeah. Um, I think they had a top five defense in the Big 12, 
and he doesn't have the athletes like he's going to have at Ohio State. So I'm very excited for the scheme that he's going to bring to Ohio State with the athletes, four-star, five-star guys he's going to have. I know a lot of get people are worried with a new defensive coordinator, but if you look back a couple of years ago, they had Jeff Halfley, who came in 2019, and that 2018 defense was atrocious. And then 2019 was a complete turnaround because it wasn't the players, it was the coach. It's the scheme. So I'm hoping for the same thing this year. Um, another thing that they struggled with last year was running the ball in key moments. Obviously, they had Travion Henderson. They have a good offensive line, but when they needed to get a first down, when it was third and two or fourth and one, they couldn't get the job done. They also struggled a lot in red zone, so they brought in a guy from UCLA by the name of Justin Fry. Uh, he's a young guy. He's energetic. He actually played O-line in the Big Ten at Indiana, and he coached with Ryan Day at Boston College, and he's also big into the power run. I know last year you'll see Ohio State running that zone scheme zone scheme this year they're going to work on pulling those guards and kicking out those ends so he's going to be a, bring a power run aspect to the team a couple bad things over camp was injury concerns at cornerback they're really thin at corner already they lost a couple guys in the transfer portal and then their senior cameron brown has been on a pitch count throughout camp so that's concerning to hear also jordan hancock sophomore who they're expecting big things has had a leg issue Another, another thing to worry about for Ohio State. A couple young guys, J.K. Johnson and Jair Brown, have stepped up, though, in that role. So right now they only have six scholarship cornerbacks. So if somebody goes down or two guys go down, it's not a good thing for Ohio State. I know they had a third-string kicker repping at cornerback throughout camp. So I don't know what that's going to look like. Also, Evan Pryor, running back, he's going to be a sophomore this year, Torres ACL during one of the scrimmages in the offseason. Um, I'm sure you guys are well aware of Curtis Samuel. He was going to be very similar type running back to Curtis Samuel. So he was going to be that third down guy, kind of a package situation. So losing him during camp is big time for Ohio State. I have some questions. Question one, who's the best player on this team not named C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jingle? That's who everybody's talking about. Who's the best player that's not named them? <clears throat> Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Freak athlete. I agree. Freaks. Yeah, he's a stud, man. Yeah. Who's the best player on defense? Who Who are people going to be talking about this year? Because this is the first year in my, like, that I can think of for a long stretch of time that we're going into this year, and there's not that one guy on Ohio State's defense that everyone's <laughs> like, this is the guy. Nick Bosa, Chase Young, Joey Bosa. Akuda a couple of years ago. It just seems like there's always somebody linebackers in the mid 2000s. You know, who's that guy this year? Defensive end JT Tuomaloau is going to be the guy to look out for this year. He came in last year in July. He was a late commit. <coughs> so he just got here in time for fall camp. He uh, was starting and made the road trip to Minnesota week one last year. So that shows you how talented it is as a freshman. He got a whole yeah. off season to work with Larry Johnson, Mickey Marotti, the strength coaches. And I think this dude's going to be a stud this year. I'm expecting big things out of him. Okay. Let's get right into the uh, the schedule. So it, it starts off with an absolute banger. Uh, week one, week zero was last week. This is week one. This is this Saturday. Uh, Ohio State is going to be hosting number five Notre Dame. For those of you who don't know, Ohio State's coming in the season number two ranked at the AP poll. So it's two versus five, an absolute Crazy matchup to start the year. And college game day is already going to be there. Um, let's start here. Let's hear from you first. Ohio State, Notre Dame. 
I'm, I'm guessing you're going to have Ohio State winning this game, but tell me why. And also, I want to know, do they cover the 17 and a half? I think it's currently at. Yes, I do have Ohio State winning, and I have them winning by 14, 38-24. Wow, um, okay. And it actually, it could change by the time Saturday comes. It could get lower. It could be a 10-point game. The more I think about it, when Ohio State struggles at home and non-conference big games, and it being their first game of the year, it has me worried a little bit. Um, I expect Notre Dame to come out with a two-tight end set and try to pound it right down Ohio State's throat. Obviously, last year, you you knew what you had to do against Ohio State's defense. I'm expecting Notre Dame to do the same. However, I don't think Notre Dame's as good on the defense to be able to stop Ohio State's offense. I do think Notre Dame can score, but I think Ohio State will score more. Okay. Yeah, what do you think? Um, I think this is going to be quarter. I think eventually Ohio State is going to blow the doors off. Uh, Notre Dame on their defense, they, they got some. They say you know NFL caliber talented corner. You know they're going to be battle tested for sure. Obviously with all the skill players that Ohio State's going to be bringing to the table um, on, on on offense, they got threatening tight ends. <clears throat> they can run the ball at times uh, like last year. Um, and as we've seen in the Michigan game and in the Oregon game last year with Ohio State, they had, you know, sometimes they had issues with um, just getting bossed around in the in the run defense. Uh, even with Ohio State being thin at corner and really needing to sure that up in 2022, I don't think Notre Dame is, is really going to uh, test them the whole game. I just, like I said, I think Ohio State is just going to, they're going to battle them out, get the, the nerves Get the nerves right. Uh, it's going to be a primetime game. And then I think uh, second half, I think Ohio State is just going to pull away from this one. Um, this is one of those games where, like, I'd love to see this fucking game in a tie, but uh, I'm not that lucky. Uh, so uh, I, I think I got Ohio State here by red. I think they can get to 18. By 18? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I don't know, man. This This – I see it two ways because obviously two things can be true. So Ohio State can struggle early on in non-conference play. Okay, we've seen that several times over the last couple of years. But also Notre Dame can struggle against elite style teams, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, um, teams they've had to go up against in the or even Clemson late in the year in playoff games. But to Notre Dame's credit, regular season wise, they've been as good as anybody over the last several years. Uh, I don't know. It's early on. I, I look for Notre Dame to be very prepared. I would not be shocked by an Ohio State beatdown. But I don't think that's what we're going to see on Saturday. It is, first off, the worst week of the year. Both teams are going to be as hype as they possibly could be. Um, I just don't know that Notre Dame necessarily has the talent defensively to stop Ohio State. And I think that's what it does come down to. I think it's high scoring. I don't think there's a lot of defense in this game because, honestly – what could be true is Ohio State's defense could be improved, but is it improved week one? You know what I mean? Like, is that what I've seen Michigan be able to do? And even Utah, to their to their credit, through three quarters, what they were able to do against Ohio State. And now you bring in a new defense quarter, and that's all great, but we're just going to expect it to be dominant week one. I don't know. I, th- I think it's high-scoring game. That's why I don't see a spread being covered. Um, but I do think 30 
41-34, somewhere in there. I think it's high scoring for both ends, and Ohio State probably does get the W. Um, but it wouldn't be shocked to see Notre Dame come in and punch them in the mouth. That's what they've been able to do to a lot of teams in the regular season, and that's what, unfortunately, Ohio State's allowed people to do early on in the year, including even lower-class teams because they've kind of overlooked them or maybe they just get slow getting started. Ohio State, over the last, gosh, six, seven years, they have been so dominant through weeks six through 13. I mean, just dominant. But weeks one through five, not necessarily. So uh, I guess we'll see. Time will tell. Week two. First off, we all have Ohio State winning week one. Week two, not to be confused with Arkansas, but it's Arkansas State, not much of an opponent here. Ohio State rolls, correct? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Week three, there's, there's a lot of confusion here. I've had, I don't know why people think I'm the person to ask, but there's so many people that have asked me specifically if this game is at Toledo. Week three, no. Ohio State is hosting Toledo. This game is not yes. in Cleveland. They've played in Cleveland in the past. It's not in Toledo. I don't know why this keeps being asked, but this game is in Columbus, 7 o'clock. So it is a night game. It's fun because Toledo, obviously, in-state team, uh, local here for where we c- kind of live. But uh, how bad is Ohio State put it down on them? They're going to name their score both Arkansas State and Toledo. Whatever they want to do, they're going to do it. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, same, dude. Honestly, uh, it, uh, real quick, though, too, it was, it was funny during, like, the Urban Meyer era. Mm. Maybe even uh, maybe I, I I can't name a specific game. I think it was like one of uh, the Akron game or something like that during the Urban Meyer era. It, it's funny sometimes when Ohio State is hosting a non-conference game at home. Uh, to the credit, it, it, they do sometimes leave teams to kind of hang around a little bit. And I remember that Akron game, or maybe it was like South Florida. Or something I'm like pretty. That. I'm pretty sure it was Buffalo. I don't know. I just the know Cleo that Matt game, game is that maybe what you're talking about? No, I. What I remember is Ohio State should have put them away a lot earlier. And yeah, I remember I remember the team they were playing like if they they, they were like just dropping wide open passes on like third and long that would have been converted into a like a big first down, and the other team just shot themselves in the foot. Otherwise, it would have been more competitive. But not here. Toledo Toledo's going to get ran out of the building. <clears throat> Jake, before we Jake Jared, before we get into week four, I know I just called you your brother. Do I do I have Am I on the right track with that? Is Ohio State a slow-acting team through weeks one through X? Is there truth to that? What do you think? Uh, I would say yes and no. I think from the outside world, it looks like they are. But if you actually sit there and watch the games, they are handling the teams. Maybe they're just not scoring a touchdown in the red zone here or there. Maybe the other team gets the ball first, maybe scores a touchdown. But once the second quarter on, they pretty much dominate all those games. Okay. Oh yeah. No, no, I completely agree with that. I'm just, I'm just saying like, there's times where you do look at the score and you're like, what the hell's going on here? And then all of a sudden 28 points just get ran off and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, we're over it now. But yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Week four. This is the, this is the second test of the year. Uh, obviously Notre Dame coming to town, but another home game. It's number 18. As of today, number 18, Wisconsin comes to town. <clears throat> Wisconsin had a very slow start last year, but they did rattle off like five or six wins in a row towards the end of the year and kind of got back on track. Um, What do you think of Wisconsin? What do you think this game looks like? Wisconsin's got a really good running back, sophomore running back, Braylon Allen. I think that could cause problems for Ohio State if they don't, you know, sure up that defensive front seven. 
However, being an optimistic Buckeye fan, I think Ohio State will fix those issues. And I think Wisconsin doesn't have the firepower athletes to stick with Ohio State. I think this is a pretty, pretty easy win for Ohio State in Columbus. Dan? Uh, I think I think it's the same. Uh, Graham Mertz, I, he, I mean, he was 2020 week one darling for the Badgers. He was, he was at five touchdown passes he threw. And then ever since then, he's barely been a speck on the radar. Um, you're right. Braylon Allen is probably the, be the focal point of the offense, but they're replacing eight starters on defense. Um, so, I, I mean, it does not bode well going into Columbus. So uh, I'm looking at Wisconsin probably overall in the season, probably seven or eight wins, maybe nine. I think nine and four would be a hell of a, a, hell of a finish for them. But I'm looking at Ohio State uh, beating them um, in the end of it. Yeah, I don't I can't I honestly cannot remember the last time Wisconsin even hung with Ohio State when it wasn't in Wisconsin. So I, I, I think Ohio State runs them, uh, runs them out the field, honestly. I mean, the, even the Big Ten title game a couple years back on a neutral field, it was like 59 to nothing. So uh, Wisconsin just doesn't unfortunately have the offensive talent to even score the amount of points that Ohio state's going to score. And unfortunately they haven't been able to ball control them in years. Uh, I think their last win was against Ohio or against Ohio state was on the road. So it was obviously at uh, camp Randall and that was, gosh, it seems like forever ago. I honestly don't know off the top of my head. So uh, week five home against Rutgers. It just seems like you guys are going to play all home games this year. You're not going to travel on the road at all. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how state does this, but it figures. Um, Home against Rutgers, this is a slaughter, correct? Um, I, I wouldn't say it's a slaughter. I think we beat them handedly because a couple years back, Rutgers actually stuck around with Ohio State for a while because Greg Giano's there now as the head coach. Yeah, yeah, He knows Ohio State pretty well. They run some trickery, get a couple fluky <coughs> touchdowns. But I, would, I could see him winning by 30, 40 points, truthfully. Dan? Uh, same. same. I, the only thing with Rutgers is the one thing they can hang their hat on is uh, Aaron Cruikshank, their wide receiver. He might make a play or two, um, you know, but other than that, um, I mean, Rutgers is going to play down to, you know, hard every snap, down to the, you know, every whistle, but uh, it won't be pretty. I was at the Michigan Rutgers game last year and Rutgers played Michigan better than literally almost anybody last year. Even probably better than stinking Georgia did. I mean, I, I Rutgers is going to play like you said. They're going to play their asses off, and they're going to get beat somehow, some way. They just don't end up having the talent at the end of the day. But uh, I think Ohio State rolls them. Here we go. Finally, we got a road game here. <laughs> Ohio State travels to East Landfill. I mean, Lansing. My bad. Uh, <laughs> to play Michigan State, number number fifteen on the AP poll to start the year. This is a game that I wish both teams could lose. It's impossible. Jared? First of all, can we all agree that this is one team we can all agree on that we absolutely hate? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I hate Michigan State more than I hate you guys, to be completely honest. I don't I fall in that category, but it's damn close. <laughs> when, I, when, I watch, when I watch Michigan, Michigan State, I ha, I, that's a game I'd rather watch by myself because I, I, I've, been, I've been known to throw uh, – Fox fans down my hallway, so uh, out of frustration. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. But anyways, <clears throat> no. Truthfully, I I have no idea what Michigan State's going to be. They have what a billion transfers 
heading to East Lansing this year. They so you really a don't... ton of transfers. So I don't know who they are, or what kind of team they're going to be. No, but yeah, for some right. reason, for some reason, Ohio State has their number over the last five to six years. And based off of last year, if they don't fix their secondary, they have absolutely no chance against Ohio State. Yeah, you know, I was I just recently got back from Florida on a, on a family vacation and I go to there's five of us in my family. So we have uh, three on one side, three on the other side of the airplane. <coughs> And all the girls are on one side of me and my son go to sit next to this guy on the airplane. I'm wearing my Michigan shirt, Michigan hat. And he goes, of course, it's a Michigan fan. And I'm thinking to myself, it's an Ohio State fan. We're going back to Ohio. And, I'm, and he's not wearing anything. So I was like, yeah, of course. Who you, who you root for? And he's like, Michigan State. And I'm like, F my life. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, it's, if it's Ohio State, I can maybe talk some shit for a minute. I'm like Michigan State. It's like this. This team beats us. I mean, they've been beating us like a drum now for a bazillion years. Even when the thing is, is like when Ohio State beats Michigan, I accept it because they're just better. Well, Michigan State. I can't tell you the last time they were physically better than Michigan, and they they find a way to get it done. Back to the initial game in hand. Ohio State at Michigan State. Last year, when these two teams played in Columbus on Senior Day. <laughs> Ohio State gave them the worst beating I've ever seen. And like you said, if they can't fix whatever the heck on defense, they don't have a shot again. I don't. I know there's a lot of transfers there, but their best two players on their entire roster are in the NFL now. Kenneth Walker, Jalen Naylor. They're both gone. I, I have a hard time even ranking them 15th. I don't know what they are. Uh, time will tell. But until I see something, I have to say Ohio State wins. And handily Dan yeah yeah Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking this Peyton Thorne Jaden Reed combo is going to be pretty deadly uh for Michigan State the Michigan State can I mean no matter how god-awful they can be at times um namely you know in uh, Mark D'Antonio's final few years there they always can put a front seven together I think their front seven and their interior line is going to be pretty strong their secondary, I think, is still going to be barely Bowling Green State worthy. I think, um, I think C.J. Stroud's going to have another career day. <clears throat> but I wouldn't be surprised that if it's a little different this time around. I, I'm not saying that Michigan State's going to beat Ohio State, but I feel like they'll be at least be able to put up a few touchdowns because um, their offense should be at least, I know, effective at times. Um and they do have two transfers coming in, both running backs. They got uh, this kid, Broussard. can't think of his first name. He's coming in from Colorado, and then they're getting Jalen Berger from Wisconsin. So they're, all their strengths are going to be really at skill positions and their front seven, uh, which, like I said, can keep them um, competitive. However, um, I'm still going to take Ohio State here. I mean, I think I'm going to have Ohio State on their feet until we get to the, the game. But um, I think it's just going to be look a little different than last year. It was forty nine to zero at halftime. <laughs> is it? I was it, at this though, game. It, I was at this game. Isn't that weird? How like matchups work is like okay, so Michigan bested Ohio State, and then Michigan lost to Michigan State, and then Ohio State just completely freaking dismantled this team. Well, it's just, it's just so, so fascinating so, how it works. Well, timeout. There's there's a lot of aspects to what you just said. First off. And this is not me being biased. Michigan was better than Michigan State last year. They led them through three quarters. Uh, McK- uh, 
J.J. McCarthy fumbles two times, loses one of them, started the momentum train. Like you were talking about, the subbing on defense was asinine, allows Kenneth Walker to get loose. He scores five touchdowns against us in what was a come-from-behind victory after being down. I think they were down 22, maybe 18. Three scores. They come from behind and win. They were at home, obviously, so the home team wins. Ohio State's at home against Michigan State. Michigan State had no answer, no answer for what they were trying to do offensively, okay? And Michigan, unfortunately, had the ways to d- defend Ohio State with the pass rush, with holding out of the ball and running running the rock. Yeah, it's matchups, but at the same time, I think Michigan was better than Michigan State last year. It just it didn't pan out. Sometimes yeah. you get beat. Um, What were you going to say about Michigan, Michigan State just a second ago? I think you were kind of cut off, Jared. No, I was saying I was at the Ohio State-Michigan State game in Columbus. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I've never left a game at halftime in Columbus. I literally left the game at halftime because I'm like, why am I still here? What am I doing? <laughs> so I actually went with my buddy Jace, who's a big Michigan fan. Yeah. And we're sitting there about, we're like, dude, let's just, like, what do we, let's just get out of here. Like, it's 49 nothing. Tate Martell, not Tate Martell, Quinn Ewers end up getting into the game that day. So that tells you everything you need to know about how that game went. Yeah, you know, the, the thing is, is... I, Game day was there, first off. Ohio State was ranked top three. I don't remember what it was, honestly, until this. I mean, maybe two. I think it was two versus seven or eight. I was going to say, it was a top 10 matchup for sure. Highly touted. Everyone's talking about it. And Ohio State literally took the air out of the building, even for their own fans. Like it was literally like, okay, we we don't have anything to be excited about. We are destroying them. It almost you almost feel bad. Forty nine to zero at halftime. That is what you do to Arkansas State. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when that happened, you could honestly you could look at it two ways. I looked at it this way. I was like, thank God. So a lot of Michigan fans got scared. They were like, "There's no way." I was like, "No, they just played the game of their life." They can't possibly do that two weeks in a row. And, you know, obviously things played out. We're not going to talk about last year. But, yeah, just back to this game. I don't see Michigan State in their improvement being able to recover from what Ohio State did them last year. And Ohio State's going to do something very similar. Probably not 49 nothing at half, but I don't know what the spread is. Give it to me. Cover. Week seven, back at home. Shocker there. <laughs> Michigan. Uh, host Iowa. Iowa did just barely Ohio miss. State. Ohio State hosts Iowa. Who did I say? Michigan. <laughs> My bad. Ohio State hosts <laughs> Iowa. Thank you. Ohio State hosts Iowa. Oh, Iowa just barely missed the top 25. They got they received 163 uh, votes for the top 25. So they're just barely out. Um, they played in the Big Ten Championship game last year. Unfortunately, they fell very, very short. What is this team? Do they have a shot to beat Ohio State? Jared, go ahead. Um, Iowa is the same team as Wisconsin besides they wear black and gold. That is the only difference between those two schools and the way they play football. Um, They're going to try to run the ball. They got a good defense. They got a good secondary player in Riley Moss. They got probably the nation's best linebacker in Jack Campbell. They're not as athletic on defense, but they do their job very well. Like I said, they try to pound the ball. They got a good offensive line. They probably have no receivers of name. Probably have a couple of tight ends that you'll see down the road, probably draft them in fantasy football. 
other than that, this is pretty much Wisconsin. I just don't think Iowa has enough for Ohio State. If this was at Kinnick Stadium, I might change my mind a little bit. But if this is in Columbus, it'll probably be a noon game, 3.30 game. I don't see Iowa competing with Ohio State. Dan? I mean, out of the like the last 15 games Ohio State has beaten Iowa, the last time this, these two teams played was in 2017, and that's when Iowa dismantled uh, Ohio State in Iowa City, and that was like, was that one kid from Iowa that just went off? I can't even think of his name. It was just ridiculous. You remember talk his name? The, talk about the quarterback that threw like five touchdowns against him or six touchdowns? No, no, it was the wide receiver. He went. That was for like, Purdue. Yeah, oh, the corner, the cornerback for Iowa, Josh Jackson, had three picks. Yes, okay. yes. Okay. The quarterback so, threw yeah. like five or six touchdowns, but the game that you're talking about is the Purdue game where the receiver is Rondell Moore. Is that Rondell Moore? Yep. Yeah, he tore them up. So, so I got Purdue and Iowa mixed up, but either way, the last time they played, Iowa had them. But I mean, like I said, the last 15 games, Ohio State has been in control of this. Um, I, Iowa, again. Like you said, it, it, I was basically, you know, Wisconsin just a little bit better, you know, but they lose Charlie Jones. They're probably their best receiver. He goes to Purdue, ironically, and um, they they lose a few key pieces on their defense. Their defense is probably going to still be decent. I think they still have some pretty good uh, edge rushers. Um, they got Sam Laporta, which is probably the best tight end in the Big Ten, or you can make an, uh, an argument for it. Um, but I mean, their quarterback, their quarterbacks are just awful. I mean, I really the the best Iowa quarterback that they've had in, since I've been alive has been Drew Tate, and that was in the early two thousands. So Alex Padilla, Spencer Petras, all those guys really do is just play action bootleg, and they lose their their Remington Trophy award award winning center Tyler uh, uh, Lingenbaum or whatever, and then Tyler Goodson is going to be a practice squad member of the Green Bay Packers. So they lose two of their best players on offense. The third, Charlie Jones, like I just mentioned, going to Purdue. I was going to be gross. Uh, Kirk Ferentz is a good coach. I mean, they're going to be competitive, but um, they're just, they just don't have it on all to keep, compete with anyone that can put up 35. I mean, like if Iowa scores 55 points, <laughs> they have a chance, but I mean, I don't even see them going past 17, 20 in this game. Yeah, I, I, I say Ohio State wins this. I mean, I from what I've seen of Iowa, unless they're drastically improved, their defense might hold Ohio State to 35, but where are they scoring 35 at? That, that's going to be the theme of this pod, if you haven't noticed. I don't know that there's too many teams that have the firepower to literally stop Ohio State for what they're going to do. You have to be able to do two things, and that's stop them and keep the ball away from them. And while they may be able to keep the ball away from them in a running game, they're not going to be out. I'll score them. It's just going to be too much. Ohio State's going to win that game somehow, some way. <clears throat> Moving on, week eight, Ohio State at Penn State. So this game, for whatever reason, has Ohio State fans obviously always um, potentially nervous because it's at State College, and at 99% of the time it ends up in a whiteout. Fair to say, Jared? Yes, but it's not a whiteout this year. It's not a whiteout this year. Yeah, correct. Um, so let's just talk facts here, okay? So Ohio State has lost to Penn State two times in the last 10 years. At Penn State in 2016 and in Columbus in 2011, okay? Ohio State only scored 14 points that day. 
Outside of that, Ohio State has beat this drum. All right. They, while they are close games, maybe 10 points, maybe less. Uh, there's a there's a nine point victory. There's a 13 point victory. There's an 11. There's a one point victory. Another one point victory. Um, closer games, closer games. But Ohio State has been able to take care of Penn State. What are your opinions here? Ohio State goes to Happy Valley. I I wrote down that this is the scariest game on the schedule for Ohio State. I don't know what it is about Ohio State playing in State College. They come out flat. They don't play well to start games. But I don't know. I think this Ohio State team might be different this year. I mean, Sean Clifford's back for his sixth or seventh year. I don't think he's going to. hundred ones. Yeah, something, something <laughs> crazy like that. I don't think he's the guy to get the job done. you got to have a good quarterback to beat Ohio State, and I don't think he's it. I do think they're going to be improved running the ball. They've got a couple young running backs that are going to be pretty good. Um, offensive line-wise, Eh, they're always kind of so-so. They got some good weapons at receiver. Their defense is kind of what always keeps them in games. I think that's going to lack a little bit with their defensive coordinator, Brent Pry, is, who is now in Virginia Tech. So a new defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz, I'm sure you guys know that name, used to coach at Miami. He's going to be the defensive coordinator for Penn State now. I don't know. If this was a whiteout, I would say this could be their first loss. But it's not. I think it's going to be a noon kickoff. I think Ohio State wins double digits. What do you think, Dan? Uh, I believe James Franklin is one and seven versus Ohio State. He's about to be one and eight. Uh, I think that this is going to be. I think this is going to be close, only because it is at State College, and um, the time isn't to be determined yet. So, I mean, if it's a night game, I mean, it, we could we could find ourselves in an interesting, uh, have a few interesting moments here and there but yeah sean clifford's been there since the the, the trump administration it seems like uh, he, he he's a gamer and and we've talked about it before before on the pod too jeff like I, I got tremendous respect for sean clifford dude is uh dude, dude probably has got the makeup of like a michigan state quarterback just uh gritty and uh and never quits but they don't have enough explosive players and their front seven, they lost a few key pieces, and I think their secondary is going to be something decent. But uh, Manny Diaz has, has got his, his hands cut off for him, and um, and uh, I think Ohio State is going to get the dub here. <clears throat> Two things. Is it a requirement to be short, scrappy, and white to be the quarterback of Penn State? Because <laughs> that's all their quarterbacks. <laughs> okay? They're literally like 5'8", white, and scrappy as all get out. <laughs> you know, they fight well, for their well, life. Well, here, Jeff, uh, the last time they went to a, a BCS, well, I don't say that because they, with Tristan Sawyer, they did go to the Rose Bowl and win it with Barkley. But, like, before that year, before 2016, um, I think it was, like, Michael Robinson was their quarterback with Joe Paterno, and Michigan was the only team that gave them a loss that year, and they ended up beating, I think, Florida State in the Orange Bowl or something like that. But, yeah, you're right. Scrappy little white dudes other than <laughs> Michael Robinson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, second thing I have a bone to pick with, this is the scariest game on your schedule. Shit. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm getting hyped just thinking about it. Okay. Uh, Ohio State rolls. I, I have no reason to believe that Penn State can hang with them. Uh, Penn State has slowly been going downhill. They peaked in 2016, and I honestly thought that Penn State might become the second best team in the Big Ten for the foreseeable future, and it lasted literally one year. Uh, they've kind of gone downhill since then. Uh, Ohio State's beat them like a drum. Michigan's beat them like a drum. 
outside of the COVID year when Michigan was horrendous, Penn State was horrendous too. Uh, yeah, I just think that uh, I'm not sure that Penn State's great. I think I think this might even be Franklin's last year. He did just sign a monster extension. <laughs> Who gives a shit at this point? People get fired all the time. Uh, I just don't. What is Penn State? And this isn't a this isn't a Penn State episode, but what are they? They recruit well and they lose games. They lose lots of games. I, Franklin is what people pretend Harbaugh is. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. It's a fact. He's a high-paid coach who recruits well and loses a lot. Harbaugh does not lose nearly as much as Franklin does, but yet it's assumed he does. I, I don't know. Week nine at Northwestern. Northwestern's undefeated. They just beat Nebraska. <laughs> hey, hey, just saying. I mean, honestly... Northwestern Stop. was awful last year. You're not trying that to make means the they're going to be are, good you? this year. That is fair. It's like every other year, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So this is Northwestern's year to make the Big Ten title game, probably, right? However, Ohio State beats I, them by 40 in Evanston. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, truth be told, though, like Northwestern does have – I mean, I mean, maybe even – you could have made the case for Iowa. You have, like – uh, like like last year, Iowa gets to the Big Ten championship, and then they find themselves kind of on, on like a mediocre run. I don't know, but um, at Northwestern, they showed that they 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 improved with Evan Hall and Ryan Holinsky, but it's not at Ohio State's level. And when you watch this game, if anyone watches this game, uh, it's going to be like four college professors and a dead dog on the Northwestern sidelines, and then everyone else is going to be wearing a red jersey. So. It's gonna it's gonna be a route. Um, Northwestern really only gives Michigan fits at times, but not really anybody else. Uh, Ohio State big. All right, Ohio State, Indiana, uh, Northwestern can't hang. Indiana can't hang. I got Ohio State big here. Yeah, Indiana is probably the worst team in the Big Ten. They're not going to beat Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, same. Twenty twenty historic season. They fell flat on their face last year at two and ten. Probably gonna go two and ten again. Brand new offense and defensive coordinators for the Hoosiers. Um, rest in peace. Uh, Ohio State at Maryland again. Uh, last game against before Michigan. So is it a trap game? I don't see it as one. I think Ohio State takes care of business. Where you got? Uh, I think Mar- Maryland's gonna surprise a lot of people this year. I really do. I fell into that trap last year, and they proved me wrong. I think the receiving core, if they can stay healthy, which has been their issue, they can stay in some games with their offense. Their defense is awful, absolutely awful, Mm -hmm. which is why I don't think they can beat Ohio State, but I do think they can give Ohio State a scare, maybe looking ahead a week to what's what's next in the slate. But I think Ohio State ends up pulling away late in the game, win by 20. Well, if what if what's his face from Maryland like was it five six years ago would have just hit that slant route in the end zone of Maryland would have pulled off the upset against Ohio State. Dude, Mc, McFarland <laughs> going for almost three hundred <laughs> against them. Uh, but no, honestly, I, I agree with I, I agree with our boy here. Uh, Maryland is their their strengths are on offense. Their offensive line is decent. Their uh, skilled players are good. Tiger Vola is back. Uh, they're going to be in some barn burners. I think every time you watch the ticker on the bottom of the screen for the Maryland scores, you're going to see basketball-type scores here. Um, 
But, yeah, Ohio State's going to roll them. But I think Maryland, whether it's going to be Michigan or Ohio State, Michigan State, whatever, I think they're going to be um, throwing the ball over the yard. And, and Tagovola might be – I think he could come close to 4,000 yards. I don't know what his pass attempts are going to be, but he's he's going gonna to be in an ice tub with his shoulder every, every Saturday night because he's going to be slinging it. <clears throat> Week 12 is home against Michigan. We'll come back to that because we're going to move on to Michigan's schedule now. Uh, we will predict that towards the end when we come to a conclusion here. So let's talk Michigan. AP poll ranked number eight. Okay. Uh, we gave you pretty much the entire off season in the last episode. So we're not going to get back into that. Here we go. Right with the schedule. Week one is this Saturday at noon against Colorado state. Very weak um, out of conference schedule. Um, but there are some notable road games on here and we'll talk about those here soon. But week one, Colorado state. Michigan's, I think, projected win by 28 and a half, maybe. I got them winning by 30. This is an easy coast game. Uh, here's the note. This actually just came out this past week. So you're going to get Cade McNamara starting week one, and then week two will be J.J. McCarthy. So prior to going to this schedule, need to know that. And then week three, they're supposed to come up with a starter. We'll see where that comes out. Um, let's start here. I got Michigan, Cade. Obviously plays great. I think he will be showcased in this game. Uh, Dan, let's start with you. Michigan, obviously you got them winning. How does Cade look? Give me a prediction there. I think – I don't know what they're going to do because I don't know if that means second half J.J. comes in or whatever and then they just do this rigmarole bullshit they did last year. Yeah. But, but uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, gonna, it's not going to be pretty – one of the linebackers on Colorado State was already, you know, talking shit. But it's like, I don't blame them. It's like, you know, you don't want that team just to lay down. Um, but I mean, it's going to be big. I mean, it's there's a 27 or 28 point uh, spread for a reason. Um, I really can't. Comp- we'll have to watch and see. We don't know if they're going to be 2021 Michigan, where they're relying on the run a lot and they're not going to ask him to Cade McNamara do a whole lot, or are they going to? Be like, all right, we want you to have this game script, and we're going to sling the ball around. Or, they, I mean, how are they going to handle it? Is all I'm going to say. But either way, it's going to be a huge win. <clears throat> Jared, what do you think? Um, I think that JJ McCarthy is the starting quarterback. We're just going to wait till week three to announce it. Um, I do think they're going to roll over Colorado State. The spread is 28 and a half. Are you guys very confident in that? Because I'm heading to Michigan this weekend. Just want to make sure you guys are confident in the 28 and a half. So prior to the news of the quarterbacks, I had Michigan by 30. And to be honest, so somebody randomly asked me in the airport because they wanted to bet the game. They're like, hey, do you know the spread of the game this weekend? I said, or you know, Michigan. And it's like, no, but they're going to win by 30. He goes, hang on. And I think he said, you know, he says like 28 or whatever. I'm like, I said 30. They're going to cover it. Now with the Cade news, it's like, do they try to be too fancy dancy? Do they try to do this, that? Is Cade trying to win the job in week one? So all of a sudden he throws two picks. I think they cover. I think they win by 30. Um, yeah. I, I, I think Michigan is special offensively this year, and we'll talk about that as this schedule goes on. But, um, yeah, I'd bet it. Yep. Week two, night game. Uh, Michigan hosts Hawaii. J.J. McCarthy is going to get his first start as quarterback of Michigan. Uh, I, I could try it out there as the quarterback of Michigan. I think they'd beat Hawaii. I, I just hand the ball off to Corum and, and Edwards every single down, but um, I am intrigued to see what they do in this game. 
Uh, Hawaii was just beaten by, I think, Vanderbilt 63-10 to 10 this past weekend. Yeah, so, yeah, Michigan should destroy them. Uh, personally, I, I think that J.J. will showcase what he's got, and I still think Cade's the starter come week three. Dan? Yeah, I agree with you on the, on the starter. I think um, we, we kind of chatted up last week on our part one. I think we're going to ride Cade McNamara to the Ohio State game. That's just my opinion. Uh, Hawaii, Hawaii, just like UConn, are starting first-year uh, head coaches. I believe. Well, I think we were talking off-air last week, too. I think the, the the coach for Hawaii is the former quarterback or wide receiver, um, Timmy Chang, Timmy Chong, Chicha Chong. I don't know his name. Um, but – I mean, it's not going to be pretty. And, and, but, but like you said, like you said, Michigan is is going to be special on offense. They are, honestly, I mean, whether you're on the outside looking in, you're not a Michigan fan, whatever. They are literally two and three deep almost everywhere. Um, so, um, even if they have their backups in there, I think they're going to be aggressive on offense, and they're going to try to figure out what they're going to do when it comes to uh, the first Big Ten game. <coughs> Jared. Yeah, I think Hawaii is the worst team in college football. I think Michigan names the score. J.J. McCarthy goes bananas, and then for some odd reason, you guys think he's not going to get the job. Don't know why. But do you guys are you guys worried that J.J. will be gone from the team mentally if Cade gets the starting gig week three? If Cade gets the starting gig, J.J. will still play, just like last year. Everybody, I think, has come to that conclusion does that worry you guys at all or no 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 okay. it just annoy it just annoys me just like uh when lloyd carr had drew henson and tom brady michigan would have been far off better with tom brady and not drew henson but because he had pressure from upper brass and everybody around the globe to start drew henson because he was this two-star athlete coming out of whatever um i just wish they would pay. i'd like we, we jeff and i discussed our frustrations last year uh, just pick a goddamn quarterback. And the only reason why my theory is, is the reason why we're doing this one, a one B crap is because he doesn't want neither one of them to transfer. And he's going to probably have one of them transfer because <laughs> both of them have three years of eligibility left because of the COVID year. And it's just one, something's got to give, but Jeff and I both agree. Kate hasn't done anything to lose the starting role. Um, has to do a lot because last year, Bread and butter was pounded down your throat, and they did it to everybody besides Georgia, which had a, a tremendously insane defense. So, um, enough of Hawaii, man. It's going to be UConn. It's going to be the same thing. <clears throat> yeah, I, Jared, we're on a time crunch with you, and obviously we can zip through some of these games, but I, I want to get your opinion. Why should Cade lose the job? Because JJ is a five-star or because you think he's better? And if you think he's better, what evidence do you have? I mean, I haven't seen much, but I do think J.J. is better. I think he can carry you over the top in those big-time games down the road. Mm -hmm. And I think for him not to start week three and so on and then bring him in maybe later, like in the semifinals at some point, I think that does doesn't do him justice. I think you should give him the time and ex to get the experience throughout the year because I do think he has the more talent. I think he's a better quarterback. I think it's dumb for Harbaugh not to start the more talented guy, give him the whole year since the schedule isn't, it's not tough by any means until the end of the year. So I think give JJ the experience now that way, by the time he comes to the end of the year, he's almost like a second year guy at this point. 
I think I agree that JJ is more talented. I think that's a fair assessment. But Aaron Rodgers is more talented than Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Sometimes somebody somebody can play quarterback better at certain aspects. And Cade McNamara last year, let's back up. In the 2020 season, Cade probably should have been the starter then. And people like me, I'll raise my hand, thought Joe Milton was the truth, was Cam Newton, was was the next great guy, was unblockable, had all these traits that would bring Michigan to prominence. And he was horrendous. J.J. is not horrendous. I'm not comparing J.J. to him. But for once, can we just play the best quarterback in Ann Arbor? I don't give a shit who's ranked what. Just play the best quarterback. A couple years ago, I thought Dylan McCaffrey should have been the, the quarterback, but they brought in Shea because they brought him in and transferred, and they felt they had to play him. But Dylan was sitting behind him. Now, mind you, Dylan's been gone, and he hasn't done shit, so maybe I was wrong. But I know one thing is for darn sure. Cade McLamara can beat Ohio State, and he can beat and win the Big Ten Championship game. That means something in Ann Arbor. We haven't seen that. You know who did that? Denard, but he didn't win the Big Ten. But Denard beat Ohio State. Like, Denard's a, a different kind of quarterback, though. Like, I'm sure J.J. can play. I've seen mm. a lot of glimpses. We've seen it. And that's why all these Michigan fans want him in there. But you know what I haven't <laughs> seen from Cade? I haven't seen, I've seen nothing that tells me he can't. Nothing. And, and, That's what, and, and, what did, and what did we learn just recently? Kate McNamara was voted captain. Yes, goes, which means everybody line. else thinks he can too. Now, Harbaugh did say that being voted captain does not determine the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh said that. He's like, I don't let the, the captain choices determine who I think should play. But Harbaugh also said that as far as quarterbacking, thro- making the throws, all that stuff, Kate is winning that job. As far as being able to extend plays, move with the legs, run different articles and things like that, JJ's winning that job. But the field general style, he says as of right now, that's tied. And I think that's why he needs game film on these guys, because obviously he knows what Kate can bring. But he's gonna see what JJ can bring in, in Hawaii. And if 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 JJ throws six touchdown passes, does that mean he's the starter? Like, is that where we're at? Like, I don't know. I yeah. I got one quick question, real quick. Real quick. Okay. Then we're gonna zoom through just, some games. Just, a, yep, just a quick yes or no. Do you think yep. Michigan reached their ceiling with Cade McNamara as the quarterback? That's unfair. Because I'm gonna answer that two ways. Can Cade McNamara beat the type of defense that Georgia provided? No. If Michigan was lucky enough to play Bama last year, they could have hung with him. I think. It's it's that's where it came down to Michigan beat everybody on their schedule. JJ lost the Michigan state game. That's a fact. Harbaugh slash JJ lost that Michigan state game. Cade did not. Cade could not do anything against Georgia, but to be fair, neither could Hassan, neither could Blake, neither could anybody. Nobody could move and neither could Bama. Neither could Bama. So I don't know that. No, to answer your question. No, because as great as that win was in Ann Arbor last year, this win in Columbus is going to feel so much better, and that's not the ceiling. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say this. I, 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 we, we spoke on it last week when we went through the dub chart. I want, I'd rather have J.J. start just because of the threat of the, the, the legs and the dual yeah. threat part. 
and that's fair. Again, but again, I'm okay with either or. Again, my thing is just just pick a motherfucker and just start them. Pick one. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're going we're going rapid fire now. Okay. Okay. Yep. Week four. Week four. Home against Maryland. Does Maryland stand a chance? Uh, Jared. Closer than you guys think, but Michigan wins. Dan. Right there with we we we, we broke them down a little bit ago. I, I'm right there with them. Yeah, like I said it, but I didn't elaborate. I'm out on Maryland. I've I was on their hype train back in 2020. It didn't work out. I was on their hype train again last year. It didn't work out. I I, I don't see nothing to tell me that they're going to be great. Uh, I think Michigan wins. Week five at Iowa. This is a toughie, only because Michigan has struggled to win at Iowa. Um, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, it, it's. 13-14, three, 3-0, 3-2, 5-4. These games were weird. It's at Kinnick. It's probably going to be at night, but there's I think there's another game on the schedule in the Big Ten Conference that could compete for the nighttime slot. Either way, um, this is going to be a big challenge. But again, Iowa's offense, it's just it's just junior varsity, man. I, I just have a feeling Michigan's going to win this one, but it's not going to be pretty. I think I'll call an ugly one here. <clears throat> I agree. I think Michigan has too much firepower, just like Ohio State does. They're very similar this year. Good offenses. Some questions on defense. Michigan has too much. Okay. Uh, Michigan at Indiana. This one's simple for me. Indiana's kind of on the down. Michigan is trending up. Michigan big here. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah same. Uh, and we talked about, or I mentioned earlier, the new coordinators on both sides of the ball. Penix Jr. transfers to Washington. Uh, four running backs off the roster are gone. It, 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 you got Portal City going on here. They got a quarter, uh, quarterback coming in um, from Missouri. All new faces. This team is going to be atrocious. Uh, Michigan big. Yep, yep, Michigan big. Michigan hosts Penn State. Last year, Michigan had to come from behind on the road in a big-time victory. Um, kind of set the tone for the season for what that was at the time. Uh, I think – Penn State, like I just alluded to a minute ago, they're trending down. I just, I'm not seeing where they pose the threat in a home game for Michigan. I think Michigan wins here. At least it's at least uh, close, if not by 10 points. I agree. About 10 points. Uh, Sean Clifford, just a bad gamer guy, and he's going to keep uh, Penn State uh, within striking distance versus Michigan. But uh, I think Michigan here uh, controls the uh, fourth quarter. Yep, I think Michigan, I think they play, or Penn State always plays Michigan pretty well, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. They're, for a while, really... they're for a while, the home team determined the win. Yeah, I'd say it's a close game. I'm expecting the spread to be around seven. I think that's what it will be, Michigan by seven. Uh, week eight, here's the, here's the first big one, big one, big <laughs> one. Uh, Michigan hosts Michigan State. Fun fact, Michigan has never beaten Michigan State at Ann Arbor with Jim Harbaugh. Dan, does that change? Did, did, yeah, I thought they did in 2019. No. What was what was the what was the touchdown that Donovan Donovan Peoples Jones had where he was like contorting his body sideways over the final line? I swear to God, that was 2019. I'm looking why you make this prediction. Okay, uh, I, I broke Michigan State down earlier versus Ohio State. Uh, we got the got their skilled players all set and ready to go. I think this is going to be a barn burner of a game. Uh, I'm probably watching this game by myself because if Michigan loses to Mel Tucker and Mel Tucker goes 3 0, I'm probably going to go on a five state killing spree. Um, 
So for the love of God, just peppers into their spot. This is the, this is the the rivalry where more than Ohio State uh, in this Jim Harbaugh Jim Harbaugh era because when Rich Rodriguez and Bree Hoke were slowing this program down from growing. Michigan State and Mark D'Antonio capitalized on it. it. It created this new era of this fan base. It wants me to rip my hair out so bad. Um, I want to kick the shit out of these guys one more time and do it back-to-back years, please. And hopefully it starts this year. I'm going to take Michigan in a really close game here. Um, I, I, think, I think there's going to be a lot of throwing around here, but uh, Michigan close. <clears throat> You are right, Dan. This is the this was the one year, 2019 in Ann Arbor. This is like the one year Michigan has been able to just absolutely handle Michigan State over the last 15 years. They beat them 44 to 10. I for, completely okay. forget about that game. Uh, Michigan wasn't good in 2019, though. I don't believe so. Maybe that's why it slips my mind. But Jared, what do you think, Michigan, Michigan State? Yeah, I don't know what Michigan State is. I got a good idea of what Michigan is. Is it this is at Ann Arbor or in Ann Arbor, yep, right? Yep, yep, yep. I'll take Michigan. Yeah, I think game day's here because I think Michigan State will be all right going into the, going into this game, uh, potentially even undefeated. This might be the first team that Michigan plays. It's kind of like a, a big time matchup. Um, they're ranked fifteenth right now. Wouldn't shock me if this was a top ten matchup ultimately with game day and in the whole <coughs> crew. Uh, Michigan learns from their mistakes. They pound the rock. They take care of the football. They win this game. Uh, week nine at Rutgers, you know, close game last year was 20 to 13, but Michigan runs this one. Um, completely different team since the last time they played Rutgers early in the year last year. And they have just been, that that was really the last time I seen them play a bad football game was that was against Rutgers last year. Uh, they blow them out this time, Dan. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, Rutgers is really, really weak at linebacker, and I think this is where Schoonmaker and Eric All are going to feast at the tight end spot. So, <clears throat> we're going to go much with our, our, our seam play, tight ends, and uh, get the dub. I think this yeah. might be where Donovan Edwards' Heisman campaign may begin. I say Michigan big. Love it. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, Michigan hosts Nebraska. Nebraska is still losing games in the weirdest way. Uh, last year they had Michigan till the till the fourth quarter, and, and a fumble cost them the game. Uh, Michigan at home this time. Nebraska season will probably be over in Week Ten. I got Michigan winning. Dan. Yeah, same. Uh, Scott Frost is just getting in the way here. Um, and, and if if Nebraska didn't have the name Nebraska, if it didn't have like the historic prestige. I, I I feel like I kind of root for him, you know, as as the underdog. But you know, Casey Thompson came in from Texas and he played not too shabby uh, against uh, Northwestern. I mean, it, it, he's got potential. It's just this all comes down to coaching. And I think Scott Frost is. I mean, we're talking right now at week zero, going into week one. We have no idea what Scott Frost is going to be like here at the third to last game of the year. He could probably be fired at by this point. We don't know. Um, the retool and everything, they got a lot of transfers. Nebraska just got so many questions and they just shoot themselves in the foot, man. I got Michigan big. <clears throat> Jared. Yeah, I, I agree. Michigan wins. Scott Frost won't be the head coach by then. Michigan, let's say by three, because Nebraska doesn't lose by more than nine. 
That is, that is fair. Nebraska doesn't get blown out. They just lose because they suck and they don't know how to coach. But Nebraska, I mean, they have a they have a tough schedule. Obviously, they already lost to Northwestern. They're going to play Oklahoma. Okay, they're going to play Minnesota, who's outside potentially ranked. They just missed the cut of being ranked too. They're playing Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. So they have a tougher schedule for them, obviously. Um, Probably many losses in there. I think Scott Frost probably does get fired. Uh, week 11, home against Illinois. Uh, I, I kind of forget Illinois is in the Big Ten sometimes. They're just bad, and I can't remember the last time they played a notable game. Seriously. Uh, and fuck their basketball fans. So Michigan beats them. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was kind of I was impressed with their offense this past week in week zero. Um, their strengths are running back, tight end. Everywhere else, not impressed. Brett Bielema. You know, his his steam ran out when he left Wisconsin years ago. Um, Michigan's going to have their way with them, whatever. But Illinois, um, they might make a play or two on all. Michigan big. Yeah, this is senior day in Ann Arbor. I, I think they take care of business knowing what's ahead, which is a big one. Here we are, week 12. Uh, it's Michigan. It's Ohio State. It's the game in Columbus this year. Um we know the last time they played, 42-27 Michigan. Obviously, it was a great day for Wolverine fans. It was a game that we needed um, more than really anything at that point in time. Uh, and it, it made a Big Ten uh, Big Ten championship come home to Ann Arbor as well. We just did two schedules. As of right now, we have two teams who are 11-0. and And, Jared, I'm going to have you start. Tell me why Michigan loses, because I know you got Ohio State winning this. And tell me why Ohio State wins. Michigan loses is because Cade McNamara is still the quarterback. Okay. Two is because you said Michigan needed that win last year. I think yeah. Ohio State needed that loss last year, too. I really I, do. I agree. I think it changed the mindset. The culture was <laughs> getting soft. I think this is going to change a lot of things. I think the offseason was a lot different this year in Columbus. I think they're going to gain that that strong mentality back and bring that toughness to the football field. And number three, they have the best quarterback in America, CJ Stroud. Those are the reasons I think Ohio state will win. And I think if JJ was the quarterback for Michigan, I think it could be a lot different of a game, but I think Cade starting, I personally think his ceiling is what we saw last year in the semifinals. I think to get over the top, they need a playmaker at quarterback, a Denard Robinson type of guy that can make plays when a play breaks down. And I think J.J. is that guy. I don't think Kate is. Okay. I have questions for you, but we'll come back to those. Dan, uh, tell me why Michigan wins. Tell me why Ohio State loses. <clears throat> Michigan wins. Um, and, you know, we, we can have this We can have this, uh, this talk about, you know, who's going to be hungry or whatever. Michigan did something, Jim Harbaugh did something with his culture last year where he finally stopped treating every game like an NFL game and he started treating it with a little bit more emphasis. And Ohio State's going to be hungry. They're going to be chomping on the bit for revenge. Michigan is going to be the same way. They're going to be, they have now got themselves with their mindset instilled that, you know, Ohio State, the level that they play at, that's where we want to be. So if we don't beat them, the season's a failure. Um, I think this is going to be pushing the record of the rivalry record in terms of total score. So 2006 was pretty close. Um, yeah, I think or set or set the record at the time. I think this is going to be even 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 higher. Um, Michigan, uh, we, we talked about last week in the depth chart. 
bring back three-fifths of their offensive line, but they bring uh, Oluwatimi in from Virginia, the, the runner-up for the Remington Award. This offensive line is going to be just as goddamn good as last year. So con- controlling the clock if they need to, pound you in the mouth if we have to, I think it's going to be um, all game script. And, and, you know, K. McNamara, J.J. McCarthy, we can argue that all day. I think um, if K. McNamara is in here, he can, he can still make timely throws. So you will look at it, K. last year, he can still throw the deep ball, just didn't ask to do a whole lot. Um, but I think this is going to be a rivalry record score total. Michigan's going to be – Michigan can win this game close. Right? It doesn't matter if it's going to be a blizzard. doesn't matter if it's going to be 80 degrees. They still have the offensive line. They're going to boss you around, and we got weapons. So uh, with Ohio State's secondary uh, still in question, and we'll have to see in a few games how they improved in the offseason with Knowles. Um, we're going to be bringing it with some some of our front seven. So I think this is going to be knit, tight knit. <clears throat> so we haven't gotten to predictions yet. I just asked you to tell me why your team wins, Jared, and, and Dan, why, why Michigan wins. Um, Jared, I have a question. So Michigan beats Ohio State last year. If Ohio State's able to beat Michigan again this year, is it going to feel better than if you just won 12 in a row? Like, is that obviously coming off that last loss last year? Do you feel more grateful to beat them if you beat them again this year? Nope. I never want to lose to that team. I want to beat them 100 straight years. Fair. Fair. It doesn't mean more coming coming off that loss. It always It always means the most. Okay. Second question, because I've asked this a few times. And I only ask this because Ohio State fans ask me this every year for 10 years. Michigan beats Ohio State in Columbus. Does Ryan Day get fired? Not a chance. Interesting. He's okay. 34, 34 and four in three years. He made a national championship, made it to another playoff appearance, and won two Big Ten titles. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't I don't disagree. It's just a question that I get asked all the time, so I figured I'd pose it. I'm with- so let me give my predictions here, um, and then I'll let you guys go in. So what I've seen from Michigan over the last – since the Rutgers game, including their loss at Michigan State, is a team that really – is just physically dominant. Up front, I have not seen anybody really pose the threat outside of Georgia's historically great defense. Nobody in the Big Ten has been able to really stop Michigan. Now, turnovers obviously stopped Michigan, and that uh, was the loss at Michigan State. Ohio State's special. They're different. But I, I just don't know what I'm getting out of their defense right now, and right now I think that Michigan can bring this level of intensity again back to Columbus with a team that I know is different from what I've seen. Now, obviously some of those leaders are gone. We have to hope that they do it again this year, but I think Michigan could go into Columbus, assert their will and really almost maybe beat them in a different way too. not only just running the ball, but almost going (laughs) over the top too with what is the most stacked receiving core that Michigan's had in 15 years, probably since the Manningham days, the, the Edwards days, the Avant days, um, Breston, all those guys. This is this is the best receiving core Michigan's had in a long time. At least this is the we're using this receiving core the best. You know, Peoples Jones and Collins, I thought were very talented. Just, the production wasn't there. So yeah. um before we go, predictions out of all you give me give me maybe give me a score prediction, and then Jared will uh will finish by asking you a, a question or two. But Jared. What's your score prediction for the game? Ohio State wins 35-31. Wow. Okay. Dan. 
I got Michigan 45-42, and they're going to do something they haven't done since Macaulay Culkin was on Neverland Ranch. <laughs> Got it. You know, I, I don't... I give score predictions, but I honestly hate them. Give me Michigan 42-27 again. Just for oh, funsies. Just for funsies. <laughs> just for funsies. You know, obviously, as this day, this game comes closer, I reserve the right to change my score predictions and my prediction altogether. All but... This is the the best team that I know that Michigan can go into Columbus with. And as of right now, I think they can win the game. Um, season's obviously going to happen. Um, but, yeah, this was a super fun pod. Jared, thanks for coming on. Where can people find you and hear you? Yeah, so we have a Facebook group. Kind of got a little bit of inspiration from you guys. So yeah. I'd like to say thank you for that. Um, yeah, Facebook group, Trippy J Podcast. Um, we're also on YouTube. We have a channel also under Trippy J. Um, okay. We're going live tonight. We're actually right after this show at 8 o'clock doing okay. some college football week one predictions. We're also on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and so on. So, Cool, cool. Uh, I will tag him in this podcast when I share it. So if you guys hear this, then you will be uh, seeing him. You can add him as a friend, follow him on Twitter, whatever. Um, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Dan, as always, of course, thank you. And you guys, we are right there for week one. I know Jared's got to go. He's got to record a podcast, like he says. Um, I'm thankful for both of you. And uh, the only way to end this is with a good go blue. <laughs> go blue, buddy. Oh, wait, baby. See you, boys. Thanks again. Appreciate yep. it. We're out, guys. Right, Real talk.